Welcome back to Chrysalis Connection. Thank you for joining us again. Here's chapter two of episode two, Relocating Abroad. A smile is a, a universal language and he's totally right. You know, whether you can speak their language or not, a sense of humour and a smile goes a long, long way. Mm, that's a good um, point. God, I've had so many of those moments. And they make for great stories to share later on, <laughs> on podcasts and things. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think of my favourite um, I think one of the earliest ones I remember is when I'd first moved to Italy and I was walking around Bologna with my then housemate and we'd known each other a matter of days. Um, and she, she spoke amazing. She spoke great English. Um, but we had promised that we were only speaking Italian. She was from, from Barcelona. So we said, okay, we're only speaking Italian. Like we're really here to learn that. And I'm, I'm still to this day, really proud of the fact that we make each other speak in Italian even though it, it probably is easier for us these days to speak in English. But we've always just encouraged that in each other, um, mm. accountability partners. <laughs> and at the beginning of Italian, I struggled for, for years, for two and a half years with pronouncing the R, but I just could not roll my R's. I, I remember the day that I learned to do it. I, just, I wouldn't stop doing it. Um, and so there are there two verbs in Italian and I'll say them because you maybe listeners can appreciate how similar they sound. So one is scoprire and the other is scopare. And, sorry to any Italian listeners. <laughs> <laughs> and so we were walking around with like Bologna, getting to know this new city. And it was just, there's so much to explore there. Like it's, it's a really interesting place. Mm. I remember saying to Desi, just saying, oh, like, I love this city. Adoro questa città. C'è tanto da scopare. And I wanted to say, you know, so much to discover. But instead I told her there's so much to fuck. <laughs> and I'm so glad I was with her because she turned out, she's like, Katie, Katie, oh I'm like, say, be careful, be careful. And then she told me, and we, we were just crying with laughter in the middle of the street. Um, and I, 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 was, I went so red in the face, but I was so glad it was with her. I just hugged her saying, I'm so glad it was with you. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it makes for a great story, you know. So <laughs> you just have to be able to laugh at it. Yeah, I haven't. I, well, I haven't used that word. I did get told about that word actually because there's another one that's clean, cleaning, is it, or sweeping? Well, sweeping. That, that verb literally means like to sweep the floor. I mean, if you're yes. imagining the motion, you can understand why. But um, <laughs> but yeah, you, you have to be careful with these. Um, and, and then other things when it comes to pronunciation. So. Um, like right at the beginning of being in Portugal, it was really important for me to be able to express my dietary requirements. Um, mm, it's yeah. really important that I don't get misfed like animal products. Um, and that's the first thing I wanted to learn in Portuguese is food and what I do and don't eat. Um, and I was with who, you know, effectively my mother-in-law, so my partner's mother. Um, and she's been a great teacher because she forces me to speak Portuguese. She probably could speak English, but she doesn't even let on that she could. She just really makes me. And she's the one person who uh, other people might switch to English, make it easier for me or, you know, other versions. But she's like, no, no, Katie can speak Portuguese. She's going to speak it. She's going to speak it. And she forces me. So she's a great teacher. Um, we're in the kitchen. She's got such a deadpan sort of sense of humor and like, this poker face. You can't tell like when she finds things funny. And it was terrifying <laughs> at the beginning, but now I love it. Um, 
And I wanted to tell her that this type of like vegan cheese, because she was very skeptical about vegan foods and things, but I wanted to say, no, no, it's great. There are loads of alternatives. Um, this cheese is made from, like, originally made from coconut oil. Um, just so that, you know, she sort of knew it was all natural, not some weird stuff. Um, and I still can't get this pronunciation right, but the word like coco or coco, I think in Portuguese, like, it sounds exactly the same. Um, I wanted to say like, ah, it, it's made of coco, but I said coco, which means poop. Um, <laughs> I told her that this cheese is great. It's delicious. It's made from poop. Ooh. You should try it. Um, nice. and you can just imagine her expression. <laughs> <laughs> And we were alone in the kitchen. I didn't have my phone for Google oh, Translate. No. You know, like my partner wasn't there. And it, it was just like, oh God, she thinks I'm this weirdo. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it, this is how you learn. And now it's just a family oh, joke. We, we say it with a wink now these days. What about your um, your drug story? In, uh, oh my Portugal? goodness. So this was, <laughs> really this like was this right one. at the beginning as well. So, um, <laughs> as my partner's a photographer, we... Had, got media pass to a music festival uh, for a week and I had managed to blag my way in as a journalist um wrote the articles <laughs> in English they got google translated and published so yeah crazy story even that um and all the sort of the, the media um like press and everyone had been invited up to this other event like in the hills um just as like an extra thank you and things and it was such a nice event and there was this free food and this like big spread this picnic and everything and there was vegan stuff, so I didn't have to worry. Um, and, and, you know, Diogo was speaking with people. So I said, okay, I'll go get us a like, couple of like Cokes, um, you know, like fizzy drinks, um, <laughs> or, like hot August day in the Portuguese hills. And I thought, oh, yeah, okay, I feel kind of confident. You know, I've managed to like publish articles this week. I could, I could do this. I was really empowered. And I went up to the thing and I used my best Portuguese to say, oh, please, can I have, you know, and... And I, I said, I thought I asked for two, like, Coca-Colas. And they looked at me and they said, like, uh, you mean cola? Because, you know, if you say coca, that's like you're asking for cocaine. And he's like, like if you, we've got some of that if you want it, like, jokingly. And I was like, oh, my goodness, no, 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 I'm so sorry. And all these people are turned around to look at me and they're all these professional sort of, like, you know, journalists, <laughs> media journalists and photographers and everyone. And I just felt like this had major imposter syndrome. I was just a child that was yeah. like, just faking my way in there. And just like gone up to this bar and just asked for like essentially two lines of Coke when actually I wanted two cans of drink. And it, oh my God, it was, it was, I just wanted the ground to swallow me up. Um, <laughs> never since have I referred to it as Coke. It's always cola. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a good lesson to learn. It is. It is. Yeah. So yeah, Lauren, what would you say are your, like, if you had a friend that was about to move abroad, what advice would you give them? Like you have to put yourself out there. Try not to just try and get some local friends. I've been very lucky. You put me in touch with a lot of your friends from Italy. So <laughs> I'm very lucky in that respect. I made a couple of extra ones. Like I joined a hiking club, uh, which enabled me to also go rock climbing, which I really love doing. So, you know, I kind of made a few friends doing that. Um yeah, just to kind of, because they can teach you words and like local things as well that you, local customs and things like that, that you will only get from people who live in the area. Mm. I think, yeah, it's just about being brave and, and putting yourself out there. Um, as Brené Brown would say, get in the arena. Yeah, we love that one. <laughs> I love that quote so much because it's, it's mm. true. And it's, 
yeah, I think it's just trying to like not have that imposter syndrome and, and getting out of your head and being present, which I know we talk about all the time. Mm. You but know, it's I would say as well when do activities that make that keep you present. Yes, some things can be a bit more sort of introspective, and you get you can get lost in your head and, and feel yes. disconnected from things around you. But if it's something you really have to be present for, you you will feel that much more part of things. Yeah. And I think in that respect, unless, well, unless you feel really brave, like do things that you're kind of comfortable doing. Like for me, like I, I rock climbed in the UK um, and I love hiking. So, you know, I knew that I would enjoy doing those. The focus wouldn't be on trying to connect with people or trying something for the first time in front of people I didn't know. Mm. Um, I know we've talked about embarrassing ourselves. It comes back to that being able to laugh at yourself as well, really, doesn't it? Mm. You know, kind of having that I think it's so, I mean, it's important anyway, but... It really is because especially if you're from a different culture and things like if you start laughing at yourself, then you give other people permission to join in. Yeah. You don't want them to be the ones laughing at you. So if you no. start, then then yeah. it's safer. Yeah. Even yeah, it allows people to be sort of to show empathy towards you as well. Obviously, like you're a foreigner living in the country. I mean, people are generally mm. quite quite good with that kind of stuff anyway. But yeah, doing I those kind of things. one thing I've learned really is that well, it comes down to asking for help, but yeah. what moving countries twice has kind of taught me is that most people actually do want to help others. And if mm-hmm. you ask them, they're really pleased if you let them help you. Yes, um, totally. I think especially sort of Italians and, you know, Southern European culture that are really warm yeah. and hospitable. So, so um, much, yeah. It's like they take it as a compliment if, if you ask for help and you reach out because they're probably dying to give it because they want to connect mm-hmm. with you. They're kind of offended if you don't ask. Like I've had mm, experiences yeah, where I've kind of been independent and done my own thing and been like, nope, I can sort this out by myself. And then later when I've shared it with someone or it's come up, they've been like, but why didn't you ask for help? Oh, totally. it's like, oh, yeah. so Even sorry. if it's just like a lift home, it's like, yeah, yeah. you know, you, you can get yourself home, you can walk, you can cycle, but they, they want to take you home safely because they yeah. feel, you know, they feel like they're an ambassador for their culture yes. really. And and you think they, they really want to represent that. And mm-hmm. It's so lovely, you know, give people the opportunity to be hospitable as well. Like, don't do it all on your own, you know. No. No. Um, I think asking for help is key. And if if you want to keep your head above water, you absolutely have to. Yeah, especially, well, paperwork and, yeah, residency applications and health card situations and things like Mm. that, definitely. Somebody who knows kind of how, how things are done locally. Yeah. The next point learning we've kind of done learning the language though isn't that but like help with pronunciation mm. because obviously I don't know what it's like in Portugal but in Italy you've got different dialects and different ways of saying things and the knowing yeah the local way of saying things or they might have the different structures or something it kind well, of just it helps you kind of in settle a in way but say it helps yeah. people understand it and a lot of the time that's you know that's cutting words and mumbling and sort of you know pushing your words together and that's been so hard for me here in Portugal mm. um, but yeah you, you want to learn to communicate you don't want to have sort of a textbook accent you you want to be able to yeah. get on and, and chat with people and that's the main thing mm. um, what about on a practical level then I think for me it was and even just traveling um, but learning if you have any dietary requirements or allergies or something learn those keywords before anything. yeah so learn yeah. what you what you can't have because it's all very well like learning to say like of course you know like thank you good morning and things but you need to survive and so 
you know, if there is an ingredient or something that you can't have, like learn that in a language so you know how to avoid it. Because, you know, it's happened to me when I've accidentally eaten things because I didn't know what that ingredient was. Um, mm. So that those are the first things I learned. And I think in most countries, any ingredient that is a potential allergen has to legally be involved. So even when I was traveling in Poland, I learned, I sort of just Google translated the Polish word for milk just so I could read it on packets and just see if it was written in bold. I knew to avoid that. And I think that things like that are just really important just to sort of, on a practical level, just to sort of survive and, and know that you're, mm. you know, whether it's an allergy or, or sort of from an ethical point of view that you're not going to be compromised. Yeah. Definitely. Um, another practical one, always carry your ID. I had a situation in Croatia where, and I think in the UK, we take it for granted. We don't, you know, we don't walk around, maybe your driving licenses, but yeah, you wouldn't walk around with your passport on you. But um, I had a car accident in Croatia and I wasn't carrying my ID, which kind of delayed things. And I also received a fine for not having it because... Mm. yes <laughs> it yeah. wasn't much Foreign but it's are not fun no it kind of it just added a whole level of anxiety to the whole situation obviously it's not great having a a car accident in a country where you don't speak the language um and then the police obviously came and <laughs> it was like another level and then it was like where's your id and i was like oh my god oh my gosh. so yeah always 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 carry your id and um always have copies of it as well even if you carry a copy with you yeah you know, I, I don't I know think... I don't know what the legal things are with that but I always have copies of my ID sort of in my suitcases or in my bags just so mm-hmm. I have something yeah I think that's really important and of all your sort of you know main documents and that because southern European bureaucracy is not to be taken lightly it, no oh you really have to be patient and so just going prepared with photocopies of, you know, even your qualifications and any kind of certificate documentation, just have a folder of it, have it all like on online to have digital copies, but just have copies of this stuff and be prepared because they love documentation. Um, and it's, it's done quite differently to the UK. Yes. Yeah. So I did email them to myself as well. Yeah. It's a great <laughs> Always idea. Always call them on me. Yeah. Other things as well, you know, use cloud storage so that you don't have to worry about hardware getting lost or broken. Um, You can access anything from anywhere. And then even if you were to lose everything or get it stolen, you would still have the main things online somewhere. I think that's really important. Yeah, definitely. What about then in terms of, you know, wellness, both physical and mental? Uh, So for me, I, well, it's, it's keeping up healthy habits. Uh, so personally, my own experience, i.e. when I first moved here, I knew I'd been exercising regularly. The gym is my kind of one of my therapy um, things that I have. I knew that I wanted to keep exercising. Like I really, I really love weightlifting. So I I think I'd been here for a couple of weeks and the things that I was doing weren't quite enough. Mm. I was still doing my meditating. Uh, I was going for walks and obviously my food my diet had changed. I was eating a bit more pasta, which <laughs> us Brits are not used to, or we <laughs> certainly are not. not used to. Yeah. So um, yeah, I had to. I knew I had to look into joining a gym, and it it really did help with you know my mental health mm. to yeah to be able to get out and about and do something that I absolutely love doing. And of course, it 
I think it, why it strengthened our friendship as well, having that oh, accountability. Because totally. totally. I joined the same gym as you. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, it was kind of arranging to meet there first thing in the morning. And yeah, it, it really, really helped. Keeping those those routines that are fundamental yes. to you, like whether it's a bedtime routine or a morning ritual or something, but keep that. Um, and I think following on from that, what's been really important to me, and again, also when I moved away to uni is you're going to really need your home to be your haven, to be your sanctuary. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've, I've always sort of, you know, like made, made a house a home like as soon as I could. So make it cozy, make it your safe space, make it somewhere you want to be because yeah. when things get a bit too much or you, you just want to feel cozy and at home, like you need to have a place where you can go to feel safe. And it's, it's really important to have your own space um, for about six months of when I was of my second time in Italy I was actually sharing a room um which I didn't know before I moved out there um and that kind of was a bit of a surprise and that just made it taught me how important it is to have my own space just a space where I can go close the door do my things just be alone like center myself before going back out there into dealing with everything um and I think whether that's sort of an internal home in terms of your healthy habits and your and meditation and things or it is a physical space it's so important to have that um yeah so just yeah, yeah really I would I would say that invest in that and really prioritize it because you know it is what you come to fall back on um also I'd say get a, a sim card or a phone sorted as soon as you can um I would you know one, one of the things <laughs> I sort of put down here is don't forget to connect, you know, whether that's with, with other people there, but also back home is, you know, you, you will need that, that light, you know, your phone will literally be your lifeline. And it's all very well and good, like trying to reduce your screen time and everything, but mm-hmm. you have to make allowances when you're in a different country from all your family and friends. Um, you know, especially for our friendship, it's just essential, <laughs> you know, it is essential that you are able to connect and, and stay in touch with people and, if that's, you know, your home country doesn't have a data plan that you can use abroad or something similar, just get a, a SIM card sorted as soon as possible. Yeah. And then also, if you do have like a, a local phone number, people you meet are more likely to, to just call you and get in touch if, if it is a local number rather than a foreign number. Um, yeah, I know the, these days, you know, with WhatsApp and things, it's not the case um, so much, but it, it does make you feel like you've got roots down there. Um, and, you know, just being able to have data wherever you go. Um, and just on a practical level, always make sure your phone is charged, like invest in a really good power pack that you always have with you. Yes. Um, a good phone case as well to protect it. Um, yeah. Things like that, because your, your phone will be even more important than ever. Yeah, my own experience of that. <laughs> it was so, it's so easy to do to sort out a, a local SIM card as well. I don't know. I put it off for such a long time, but it's actually made things so much easier. Mm. Um, not having to worry about connecting to people's Wi-Fi. Going <laughs> <laughs> to people's houses, like, oh, can I have your Wi-Fi code, please? In one of those things that makes you feel more independent and you're just a yeah. bit less, less dependent on other people around you. And then, of course, if anything happens, you can always call an Uber or something. Yeah, exactly. Well, not in Italy, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> or equivalent. Or, or yeah. I know a friend but yeah, yeah, it's just friends. important yeah definitely um, um also another one that's been quite a big one for me is 
you know, accepting that I am going to miss out on things um, mm-hmm. back in the UK, uh, which... So hard. Yeah, because I kind of, before I moved abroad, I I did kind of try and do as much as I could. And I was always out and about and, you know, trying not to deal with FOMO uh, <laughs> or trying not to suffer from FOMO. But obviously moving to a different country, I I did unfortunately miss out on the birth of my niece. And I, I was my sister's, one of my sister's birthing partners. And yeah, just kind of, she kept asking me going up to, you know, are you, are you going to be available to come home? And I didn't, because of work and everything and, you know, flights, and we didn't really know when it was going to happen either. We had, we obviously had a due date, but, you know, my nephew came late. So, and I was in the country for that. Mm. So it was kind of accepting that, I wasn't going to be there. I think I always knew I wouldn't have made anyway. Um, so yeah, just missing out on on something like that. And obviously on them growing up, we do have regular FaceTimes, but it's just not the same as being there in person. No. Uh, obviously I've been, I was quite involved in my nephew's early life. And, you know, he's he's fine with me when I go back home. But my, mm. my niece, you know, I, I met her at Christmas when she was a few days old. She has no memory of me apart from on the other side of a a screen so apart from on a screen sorry so kind of accepting that you are going to miss out on on things with your family and you know it does take a bit more effort to pin people down to to facetime them um it's nice when they all get together you can think it as well it's taking treating you know a facetime date as a real life date as well like it is as important make time for it yeah give me yeah. full attention when you are there yes um and prioritizing that I'd say yeah yeah so kind of yeah just just accepting but accepting you, you'll still okay. be in their lives but in a different capacity um yeah and it, you know not so much in person but I know that for us and for a lot of our other friends it's you know voice messages are a great way of of being part mm-hmm. of someone's day and you get so much more feeling than just a text or something um and you know things I like doing with my brother maybe we don't have sort of you know big catch-ups like regularly but we we send each other stupid messages all the time so I might not know like where he (laughs) what he's doing that week but he sent me a meme and we've joked about it um (laughs) but it's just yeah always checking in with people as well because yes yeah you know you just you, you might feel alone because you're in a foreign country but they might be feeling lonely for another reason because you're mm. in a foreign country. So it's having that compassion for others. I do try and do that now, actually, because I, I, I will randomly think of people. And I I used to I'd be like, oh, no, it's weird. You know, I can't, you know, I can't let them know. But now I'll just send a random text being like, oh, you know, just thinking of you. How are you? Yeah. Or sometimes I will think of someone and they will send me a message. Yes. Which is ha- this happens amazing. a lot with a mutual friend that we have. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's really cool. Yeah, just, just you know, maybe not needing a reason to message. Um, but even just whether it's a voice message or phone call, but just being like, I was just thinking of you. Hi. Yeah, you know, checking in kind of thing. Yeah, mm. exactly. I um, like it when people do that to me. So. Oh, I love it. I feel <laughs> so special we do it when back. it happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's cool. That's really cool. I think one of the big, another of the big lessons for me is that you've kind of got to be prepared to question everything you were ever taught and that you ever believed and that Mm. 
you know, your entire perspective on pretty much everything will be challenged at some point or another. Um, this is a good thing. <laughs> it encourages yes. you to think in different ways. It allows you to affirm the beliefs that you do have. Yeah. Um, you know, if you see it all as an opportunity, um, it can really help. And I think also just the idea that, um, you know, the, the idea of right and wrong is totally subjective. Mm. Um, you know, it, it's not like somebody that, that is right because that's what you've already had. Uh, you've always, always believed, always been taught. It's, that's just different and there is no right or wrong. It's not a black or white issue. Um, mm, yeah. So yeah, just be prepared to question everything and be open to changing your mind or having your mind changed. And even little things like the, the way you, you cook certain things might change or you know, you might spend more time with people that speak American English, not British English, and you might change some of your vocabulary or your accent. Um, and that's all part of, of fitting in and, and making, making it yours. I mean, my auntie who's lived in Australia for, I think, over 30 years or so, you know, she's got an Australian accent. Um, growing up as a kid, it, it was, she was the Australian one. It was weird to think that she wasn't born there. Mm-hmm. Um, and that happens. And my friends have told me that my accent in English has changed over years and that the way I speak has been a bit different or something. I think mm. just accepting that so much about you is going to change yet the essence, like the core of who you are, you'll probably, you know, find out who that is even more so. Yes. Maybe it's the yeah. surface level stuff that changes. It's yes. Yeah. It's just, I don't know that whole relationship with yourself, like you really get to know yourself when you're put in different situations. Mm living in a different country where you know it, it was it all is a little bit new you just you're in different situations where it's kind of it is coming back to that sink or swim analogy like what what can I learn from this I I do try and um think that like what is this trying to teach me because mm, um, I think it's really important to be open and to be teachable because there's always 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 something to learn like we never stop mm. learning well, it ties in with the, the chrysalis analogy that we love. Yeah. It's, you know, growth is not comfortable, but we are here to grow. We are here to transform from the inside out. And, exactly. you know, that's one of, one of the analogies I really love, as well as, you know, the sort of phoenix metaphor is that sometimes in order to start again from scratch, you have to set fire to everything that was and you, you have to be prepared to completely start again. Yeah. And that's all part of transformation. Um, yeah, I think it comes down to, you know, something that you're always told is that, you know, choose to do the hard thing, you know. <laughs> yes. Yeah, choosing my... to do the hard thing <laughs> nearly always pays off. Um, yeah, my uh, my therapist does tell me this all the time. Mm. What would what would be the hard thing to do in this situation? And mm. that's that's kind of, that's the path of growth. Um, another one of my favourite quotes is, we grow through what we go through. <gasps> I love that. Is, yeah, I, I love that one so much. Is because so you know, like, yeah, I get excited now, and I kind of think, I think it it just changes your perspective on different situations and experiences because it is, you know, it's there's another one as well. You know, instead of why is this happening to me, change it to what is this trying to teach me, mm. or rather, things are not happening to me; they're happening for me. Yes, for me. Yeah, that's another good one. You know, and. I think it, it comes down to you can choose to see the world as against you and unfriendly. Yes. Or you can choose to see it as with you, for you and friendly. Like everything, mm-hmm. you know, life doesn't happen 
against you. It happens with you, for you. Yeah. And I think you can definitely choose to see all the challenges that come with, with moving yeah. and living abroad as part of that. And I think as well, like the more you resist something, the, you know, the more it kind of shows up, the harder it is <laughs> to do things. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you, you totally have to learn to let go. Um, yeah. Let go and, and accept. And certain things like, you know, just pick your battles and mm-hmm. yeah. And think actually, you know, why is this bothering me? Maybe it's because I grew up in a certain way in another country. It doesn't mean that it's yeah. essentially right or wrong. It's just different. It's time for some real deep inner reflection. I think mm. when when there are triggers and you know something's really bothering you, yeah, it's, it's a good time to delve in and yeah, to look mm. at why why you're reacting in that kind of way. Mm, why it's yeah. such a strong reaction. Actually, like, talking of that, I had a realization the other day on the balcony. Um, I, it's my favorite place to go out and think <laughs> <laughs> and like just shout to the sky and whoever's listening. <laughs> um, and you're usually on the other end of the phone. <laughs> it's again something that I've probably been observing for a little while now, but I've only just found the language to express it. And I've come to realize that speaking a foreign language helps my mental health. Mm. And what I mean by that is because my brain is so busy trying to communicate in a second or third language, it's, it's constantly searching for the words and the vocabulary that a lot of the time there is no time or no opportunity for these intrusive negative thoughts. Yeah. Um, it's like my brain literally does not have time because I'm focusing all my attention on trying to understand or trying to make myself understood. Yeah. And in that it's like the ultimate mindfulness exercise. Um, so, you know, mindfulness isn't about emptying your thoughts and not having any. It's, it's kind of focusing that and choosing which ones to have at that moment and really be there with them like, in all senses. Um, and I also noticed this, like maybe when I'm, you know, leading like guided meditation or, or sort of doing like a yoga practice with friends and I'm the one leading it is because I'm saying the words out loud, my mind cannot wander and think other less positive things. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a way, speaking another language, finding it challenging, it, it keeps me present. It gives me something yeah. to focus on. And so it really helps my mental health and my emotional well-being. And then, of course, you get these little win moments in, you know, what would otherwise be mundane daily tasks, like receiving a parcel yeah. and just having to tell the, the guy, like, which, which lift to come up and, and which building or, um, you know, buying a bus ticket or, or saying, I've already got a bag with me, thank you, at the supermarket. Like little things like this yeah. can just be like the biggest win, can just give you such a feeling of achievement. And I guess something like that in, in, your, in your own language, you, you don't get the same sense of accomplishment. And so no. on that level, it really helps my mental health. And I think so much of me, of the journey for me of moving abroad initially to Italy and then later to Portugal, it was like my own step in the, in my eat, pray, love journey. It, it, was, <laughs> it was part of my healing journey. Um, yeah. And I think that's one of the sort of examples of how it has helped me improve my mental health. Mm, that's a really good point. Yeah. Keeping um, your head where your hands are. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think then just before we finish, it's, I think it's important to acknowledge that of course, this can be the most fulfilling and energizing and rewarding experience, but part of it comes with the recognition that a part of you will always be somewhere else. Yeah. And there's a quote by um, Miriam Adney, and she says, and she writes, you will never be completely at home again. 
because part of your heart will always be elsewhere. That is the price you pay for the richness of loving and knowing people in more than one place. That's really beautiful. Mm. Really beautiful. I think, you know, when it comes to thinking about, you know, missing out on things with family or just missing people or just wishing they were there with you, it's, it's looking at that feeling in itself as a gift rather than a mm. punishment. And that it's okay to feel like that. It's part of it. And it's about getting comfortable with that and, and feeling like ultimately it comes down to a choice of who you would rather miss. Um, yeah. and, and that in itself is, is a blessing to have people to miss. You know, it's, we're lucky to have that. Um, yeah. It makes you treasure that time you do get to spend really with them, like, a little bit more. Really does. I think like, you know, for me, it, when, it, when I chose to move to Portugal to be with my partner, it was, it was swapping one long distance relationship with another, <laughs> so, you know, moving here to be with him. Um, but then and leaving me, me behind. Long distance with you. <laughs> and so, yeah. I think it, it comes down to gratitude and appreciating that and realizing that is a blessing to be able to yeah. feel that. Yeah. And you just make it work though, don't you? Yeah. Of, yeah. Yeah, you do. You do. Yeah. But it just comes down to an, an attitude of appreciation. Yes. Yeah. Good old gratitude. Yeah. Mm. So, so I think we'll leave it there for today. Um, so if you've listened this far, thank you for listening and thank you for being here. Yes, thank you very much. If you have any any questions, of course, you can get in touch. We're on socials, we're on email. You'll find the, the info in the show notes. Um, so thank you for being here. And thank you, yes. Lauren, for being here. Thank you. Thank you, too. <laughs> <laughs> See you soon. See you soon. Love, Love you, bye. Thank you for joining us this far in the podcast. We love that you're here. You can follow us on Instagram at Chrysalis Connection or drop us an email. The address is in the show notes. Follow Lauren's blog at T Total Travel and find Katie at Green Living Girl. We'll be doing a bonus Q&A episode to get in touch to ask us anything. Our music was created by David Greenwood and this podcast was edited and produced remotely by Adam Lawrence.